Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright at 7 a.m. on this Friday morning, July 28th, and we've got a lot in store for you today. But first, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, what a beautiful morning it is. It's not 8 million degrees out yet. It looks like, it. you know, I guess later on we're going to be reaching that high of a temperature. It's 84 right now. It's a nice balmy 84. Uh, we took the kids last night. Well, actually, I should say I took the kids last night. Beth was at work to the uh, the pool that we belong to at about 7 o'clock at night. I never would have thought, you know, night swimming would be such a great idea. But after a long, hot day, it was so great to get into that water and uh, just splash around and jump off the diving board and play Marco Polo and all those things. It ran into a listener, Steve. It was great to run into you and the kids at the pool last night as well. Thanks for being a listener of Covenant Network and Roadmap to Heaven. Speaking of listeners, here's what you're going to listen to today. We have a homily for you this morning on being heirs to the kingdom. We're not children of the flesh, but children of the spirit. We are heirs to the kingdom. Are we going to squander that inheritance or not? You know, We're going to find out more about that. And then Ali Coiro from the Archdiocesan Office of Natural Family Planning is going to be with us this morning, as well as Father Matthew Baugh from the Catholic Studies Center at St. Louis University. We're going to be talking about St. Ignatius of Loyola and Ignatian spirituality today on the show. Now, I know what you're saying, Adam, St. Ignatius' feast day is Monday. Well, next week I'm going to take a couple days of vacation, so I'm not going to be here on Monday, so we thought we'd talk about St. Ignatius today, and I'm excited to meet Father Ball here on the show. So that's all ahead. Mike Roberts is back, so let's get you a check of the weather and our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of Blessed Stanley Rother, also a martyr. Born in Oklahoma in 1935, he was one of four children and his parents, Franz and Gertrude, were farmers. After finishing high school, Stanley discerned his calling as a priest and entered the seminary, initially at St. John's and then Assumption in San Antonio, where he also worked as a sacristan, gardener, groundskeeper, plumber, and even bookbinder. But eventually his advisors told him it was time to withdraw. After a conversation with his bishop in Oklahoma City, Bishop Victor Reed, Stanley made his way to St. Mary's Seminary in Maryland, and he was ordained a priest in 1963. Father Stanley then returned to Oklahoma, where he was a parish priest through much of the 1960s, until in 1968, his request to minister to those in Guatemala was granted. Joining four other priests, three religious sisters, and three laypeople, Father Stanley went to the mission of Santiago Atitlan in Guatemala. Over the next decade, Father Stanley built a ministry among the local people, but by 1975, those who had gone with him had all returned to the United States. Using his skills as a priest, but also as a farmer, he helped the community immensely, and it grew. Eventually, Father Stanley was baptizing 1,000 babies a year. However, 
the Guatemalan Civil War worked its way into his mountain community in the late 1970s, and in 1980, he personally witnessed the assassination of several of his own parishioners and a deacon. Warned of threats to his own life, Father Stanley returned to Oklahoma for three months in 1981, but against the wishes and advice of his family and his local bishop, he made the decision to return to his parishioners in Guatemala. On this day in 1981, three mass men entered the rectory and shot Father Stanley to death. On December 1, 2016, Pope Francis issued a decree confirming that Father Stanley Rother had been killed in odium fidel, in hatred of faith, and he was beatified on September 23, 2017 at a ceremony in Oklahoma City. He is the first U.S.-born priest and martyr to be beatified. Blessed Stanley Rother, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. The B1 Prayer Eternal Father, at the Last Supper, your Son prayed that all who bear His name might be one. Send the Holy Spirit upon us to make us one in Christ. Strengthen our faith in you. Lead us to love one another. Unite our service to our brothers and sisters, and join us together as we build your church in our midst. Take away divisions that hinder our unity in Christ, so we may, with one mind and voice, as members of one body, praise and glorify you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Ellie Coiro is with us. She's the director of the Office of Natural Family Planning for the Archdiocese of St. Louis, and we are wrapping up Natural Family Planning Week, so it's good to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven today, Allie. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So now, you know, like everything we do, we have a theme this year. What, what has been the theme for NFP Awareness Week? So the theme is set by the USCCB, and so this year's theme is Marriage, One Flesh, Given and Received. You've been doing a video series this week. What are people saying about NFP? Yeah, so we've been um, asking people on the street style about what they wish couples or women knew about NFP. So we've gotten a handful of different perspectives and just some of them. Um, one, a physician shared about how the cycle is truly a vital sign and how the woman's cycle can really be a clue to other things going on in the body. Um, we had a priest talk about how NFP really calls us to grow in virtue and how it is um, for married couples, a connection to the cross, to sacrifice for one another, to grow in love. And then we had teachers of NFP methods and users talk about how it helps with their communication as a couple, helps with the husbands to um, understand what's going on with their wife and to really be invited into that conversation on a regular basis. One of the things that we talk about is, you know, I, I remember when we went into our intro session, we're like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. We're going to be living out our Catholic faith. And we were, you know, ready to jump in to the adventure of parenting right from the get-go in our marriage. Well, fast forward, you know, it wasn't even five kids later. It was three kids later. There were all of these questions about, is this the right time to have another kid? Can we afford to have another kid? Do we have a big enough house to have another kid? Do we need to move? Do we need to build an addition? And that's when, you know, it really hit that oh, wow, you know, practicing the, the church teaching on not using contraception and using NFP, this is difficult. This is not uh, just happiness abound. So I'm glad to hear you say it connects couples with the cross. Um, 
What's a message you'd want to share with our listeners who are saying, you know what, I, I don't know that I can do that. That is too hard. I don't, I just don't know. Yeah, something that's really been helpful for me to reflect on and just my own personal and my marriage, also with clients I work with, um, just that hard things help us to grow in virtue and that things can be difficult and beautiful and they can be challenging and joyful all at the same time. And it's really that two things can be true. And that feels like it really resonates for me in my experience of NFP and my experience of teaching NFP, that God calls us to these things that even in the moment when, especially in the really difficult moments when it's hard, when communication is hard, when we don't have room in the house or we're really feeling emotionally maxed out, that God calls us to something that maybe we don't really see in that moment why this is fruitful, but that maybe even next week or in 10 years, we can look back and see how much God was helping us to grow, that he was with us in that, that we were not alone as a couple or as an individual. Um, and just really like, I think it is so much more than what meets the eye when you initially show up to your intro session. And that's, I think, where the richness of it and where the church is really calling us to grow in something deeper. Now, you may be listening right now and saying, okay, you know, I've this has been weighing on my heart. We want to have that conversion in our marriage. We want to we want to step away from contraception. We want to do what the church is asking us to do. Well, first off, you're not alone. I want you to know that, that you're not the first person that would be having that moment of grace. And praise God for that grace to move away from contraception into NFP. But number two, there are resources for you. So, Allie, what are some of those resources our listeners can can go out there and find? Yeah, we have lots of resources. So here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, we offer four methods. And so if you are thinking about switching to a natural system, I highly, highly, highly recommend learning a studied research method from a trained practitioner. That's how you're just going to have the greatest confidence in your ability to discern what are these signs of my fertility and how can we discern with these signs. So we have Billings method, ovulation method, couple to couple league, Creighton model and Marquette model. And so we offer introductory sessions, which is the starting point for any of those methods. And they're all found on our website, on the Archdiocesan website for the Office of NFP. And that's the starting point. We also have various other resources, but to get your foot in the door, that's where we would start. Well, Allie, it's been great to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Thanks for everything you do to promote a great way to live our faith and to embrace what God's calling us to in such a holistic way. And uh, we look forward to celebrating NFP Awareness Week again next year. But in the meantime, we're called to be holy every day. So let's continue with more Roadmap to Heaven after this break. A prayer for the gift of wisdom. Great is the wisdom of the Lord. God Almighty, your wisdom includes an understanding of what is fair, what is logical, what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It mirrors your pure intellect. I entreat you to grant me such wisdom, that my labors may reflect your insight. Your wisdom expands in your creations, displaying complexity and multiplicity. Your wisdom is an eternity ahead of man. May your wisdom flourish forever. Amen. 
Father Matthew Baugh is a Jesuit priest at the Catholic Studies Center at St. Louis University. Father, it's good to have you with us. Great to be with you. So for our listeners who are saying, wait, Catholic Studies Center, uh, I haven't heard of that, and maybe they went to St. Louis U. Tell us a little bit really quick about the Catholic Studies Center. Well, you know, we've only existed in our current facility for the past seven years, so people may not have come across us yet, but um, what are we? We're uh, a multidimensional formative program for students. The core of it is an academic program, so students can take a single class with us. They can take multiple classes. They can get a minor or a major in Catholic studies only as a secondary thing to their principal field of study. So they're, they're studying neuroscience or they're doing education. Catholic studies is what rounds out their education and gives it its coherence. We're trying to form students in um, the fullness of the tradition so that they can go out in whatever job they're going to have in the world and be the presence of the church in that place. Like if you're going to be a dentist, you're going to be a great Catholic dentist in the world. So um, we have a, a full formative program, not only the academic part, but also a weekly program of spiritual formation and uh, it's just a great place. People should come visit us. We're at 38 Vandeventer. Come down and see us. Yeah, that's not, that's an easy address to remember. Not too many numbers in that. 38. 38 Vandeventer. Vandeventer. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I, I know that a, a large part of that is when you bring the students together, there's food, there's fellowship, right. there's mass, there's the rosary. Exactly. And, you know, Devotions and fun. It doesn't get any better. That's absolutely it. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're talking about a saint who I I think has impacted all of us in one way or another, and that's Saint Ignatius of Loyola. Mm. We often hear Ignatian spirituality. I know a lot of our priests, as part of their formation, Mm -hmm. have uh, gone to make the spiritual exercises a thirty-day retreat. One of my best friends, who's a priest, loves Mm. one. Every few years, he gets the opportunity to go make the thirty-day exercises. Yes. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Ignatian spirituality. Well, the starting point is the spiritual exercises. That's what Ignatius is most known for. And if you take just the two aspects of that phrase, spiritual and exercises, I think you've got the heart of Ignatius. So spiritual, what Ignatius is known for is the life, the interior life where God speaks personally to me. He speaks to the universal church as a whole. That's the deposit of faith. But he also speaks to me the way that he spoke to the disciples. You know, he calls me to something. He helps me along the way with my particular mission. And the place where he does that is within my own spirit. So Ignatius had this experience of realizing that spirits were moving within him. And he had to kind of sort out okay, is this God's good Holy Spirit or is this the evil spirit? But in any case, he was being moved by these various spirits. And there's more to say about that. Hopefully we'll get into that. Um, So the first aspect of the Ignatian heritage is just noticing that I'm being moved by different spirits. And that gives God a chance to actually speak to me in a personal way within my own spirit. The second part of that exercise, he noticed, Ignatius noticed from just... um, Uh, his own desire to grow in the knowledge and love of God, that it was almost like physical exercise. Like you get out on a track and you run around, you um, get in a pool and you swim laps. The indication that something's happening is you actually kind of grow tired, you know? And Ignatius had this experience of internally within his prayer life, noticing that he was actually getting fatigued because something was happening, something was changing inside. So um, out of that developed what we take for granted now, which is the possibility of making a retreat in which you really throw yourself into this whole world that you have access to because God meets us in our spirit. So spiritual exercise, those two things get at the heart of, of what Ignatius is known for. If any of our listeners have ever made an Ignatian retreat, say at the White House or otherwise, you know what that's like. I mean, you it's not like you just think about and, and meditate on the Word of God. You throw yourself into this encounter with God personally, directly. 
it's summertime, and so I think of, you know, sometimes the easiest and best way to get into the pool is to jump in, yeah. because if you yeah. try to climb down the ladder, oh, it's cold, <laughs> oh, I don't like the water, I don't like the way that is. Nope, just all in, off the diving board, cannonball, let's go. Very you fitting do. for St. Ignatius. You do, you jump right in, cannonball. <laughs> yeah. No pun was intended, but it was the perfect <laughs> no. Oh, my. All right, so... I, I love how you talk about we should be fatigued by this, yeah. that, you know, yeah. because oftentimes I think, oh, I need a break. I'm just going to yeah. go on retreat. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> right. well, hold on a minute. Now you're saying retreat isn't really a break. <laughs> retreat is an intense period here. But this is, if I understand it, then daily, yeah. because we don't just mm. exercise. Oh, I've got something coming up and I'm mm. going to need to be strong for that. So I guess three weeks out, I'll start lifting some weights and then yeah. the rest of the year, I'm not going to worry about it. Right. It's a, there's a daily practice. I mean, if, if, um, if you know anything about St. Ignatius, you probably know about his form of the examination of conscience, and that is a daily practice. The point there is to look back over my day and try to see, okay, where was I moved in one way or another? Because what frequently happens is I'm moved in one way or another, but I don't notice it in the moment. So think of, you know, mid-morning, you have an encounter with someone that didn't go all that well, and all of a sudden it starts shaping the rest of your day. Before you know it, you're kind of irritable and crabby and all that. You haven't taken a moment to notice, okay, actually the evil spirit was operative in that conversation. So one thing that Ignatius does, he says, okay, take a moment in the middle of the day to just look at how the day has gone until then. And you can notice in what spirit I have been moved. Similarly, if it's God's giving me the grace of his love and consolation, I can experience that and maybe not even notice it in the moment until later, and I've got to gather up all those graces because it's God strengthening me. And that's a, that's a daily practice, sometimes uh, twice daily practice. Yeah, I love when I was a kid, we would uh, be on summer vacation, and my older brother and I would play a lot of Super Mario Brothers, right? We had the, the 8-bit <laughs> Nintendo. That's how old we are. And uh, they come to a point where you just get so frustrated with things that you'd say, that's it. You'd stop, and you'd hit reset, yeah. and you'd start over. Yeah. And now you'd learn from what mistakes you made earlier in the day, but sometimes hitting reset and starting over added Mm. a whole new dimension of Mm. fun to it because now we're actually having a good experience. But on a more serious note, we're talking about things that could mean heaven or hell for us at the end of life. And if every day I'm growing in sin because I'm just growing in crabbiness and irritability and I'm snapping at people and disrespecting them and whatnot, isn't it great to say, all right, God, maybe can we hit reset here Mm -hmm. really quick in the middle of the day and just kind of start over? Yeah, and it's reset for the ways the evil spirit has been trying to move in my life and for the ways that God has been moving in my life. I like to think of it as like gathering up all these good things and not losing them because God's constantly trying to strengthen you and me to live out our, our missions even better with the help that only he can provide. And it's too easy for us to receive these graces and then just we move on. But if I, at the end of my day, if I look back and I'm like, wow, okay, God was really meeting me here, here, and here. What, what's the bigger message that he's trying to say to me in all this? How he's consoling me, how he's helping me. Then I'm actually, I've got the strength I need tomorrow to do more, to collaborate more with him, to work more with him, to feel encouraged. Let's stop here and take a really quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Father Matthew Baugh about Ignatian spirituality and how we can live that out today. Active Consecration to St. Joseph O dearest St. Joseph, I consecrate myself to your honor and give myself to you, that you may always be my father, my protector, and my guide in the way of salvation. Obtain for me a greater purity of heart and fervent love of the interior life. After your example, may I do all my actions for the greater glory of God, in union with the divine heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. 
O blessed St. Joseph, pray for me that I may share in the peace and joy of your holy death. Amen. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Father Matthew Baugh, a Jesuit priest who's the director of the Catholic Studies Center at St. Louis University. And we're talking about Ignatian spirituality and how we can live it today. So, Father, before the break, you gave us something really central to all of this, and that's checking in with our Lord yeah. throughout the day, but most specifically that midday examine to say, where's God's spirit working and, and where are the evil spirits working and influencing my day and maybe hitting that reset, or as you said beforehand, gathering up and keeping all that's good and, mm-hmm. and letting go of all that's bad. Practically speaking, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I imagine your college students asking this, yeah. like, well, Father, that's great in theory, but how yeah. do I actually do this? <laughs> how do we actually do this? What, what can we do every day? Well, here's a couple things. I mean, for, for that in particular, so just how you actually make a good examination of conscience in the way that Ignatius proposes. One, the, the key to the whole thing is the first step, because usually when I'm ready to see how things have been going, what immediately comes to mind are the things that have not gone well. But you see, if I start there, then I'm actually starting with the point that the evil spirit would like me to start with. And that's not actually the right, because if I start there, then everything is going to look misshapen. I actually have to start with the thing that God has been trying to do in my soul. So Ignatius says, okay, step number one, ask the Holy Spirit to show you the ways that God has been helping you, consoling you, giving you grace, and ask for the ability to be grateful for that. So we just simply start with, I mean, very concretely, okay, I look back over this previous period, what are maybe three or four ways where I've really experienced God loving me through any number of things? It could be a, a conversation that I had, just a way that I was moved by something that I saw or heard. You start there before you move on to see, okay, okay, let's now look at those things that are disordered and then ask God to put those in order. That simple practice, and, and when I am talking to students or just individual spiritual directees, I propose to them only do step one, only do the gratitude piece for a period of time until you get really good at that because we're much more inclined to immediately go to the things that are that are disordered and misshapen, and then we'll get there, but it's more important to start trying to notice the often kind of subtle ways that God's revealing himself to me, not only in my devotions or in the liturgy and mass, but even in just conversations or something that he shows me in my world. And this can be very simple, concrete things. They could be profound things. But, you know, I have experiences now and then where I get up in the morning, I'm getting ready to come into the radio Mm -hmm. studio to do the show. And, you know, I I step out of the bathroom after doing the morning routine and my wife left a note that says, all of the stuff the kids needed this morning, it's all taken care Mm -hmm. of. They're ready to go. And now all of a sudden, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. What a great grace that is. And it it's is. it's not some mountaintop Elijah calling down fire upon a sacrifice before the prophets of Baal, but it makes a big difference in my day. It is. It's God loving you through your marriage, through this woman that you committed yourself to however many years ago. And it's like he already planned all these ways to make her a conduit of his love for you. That's something that you can't just simply... You can't just simply accept. You've got to accept it and see it and thank God for it and enter more upon it. That's his the movement of his spirit. What's another example of something we could look for to say, all right, here's God at work in my day? Well, here's uh, this is one that I always propose to our students. Save the best part of your day for God. So for most people, that's actually the morning because it's before everything kind of crowds in. So before I start examining how things have gone in you know, the busyness of the day, I save a little time for God. And You can do a lot of different things with that prayer time, but what I want to propose above all, what Ignatius suggests, is spend time in the world of Scripture. Because for Ignatius, 
Um, the Bible is not simply a book. It's a place where you can actually have an encounter. You don't need much time for this. Spend 10, 15 minutes. Maybe just look at the gospel of the day. But the point is there that it's not just something that happened in the past and it's getting further and further behind me. No, when Jesus meets blind Bartimaeus on the road into Jericho, he can meet me also, and I can enter into that story. I could maybe stand alongside Bartimaeus in that story and kind of see how it unfolds for him. Or I can sit down and be in the position of Bartimaeus so that when Jesus calls me over and he says, what do you want me to do for you? I can say from my heart to Jesus right now, well, this is what I really want you to do for me. So that approach to scripture where it's a living encounter with the eternal word of God and not just something that I read or think about or analyze, that is a way to enter into God's world, which is the world of prayer. I love it because normally if if I thought about putting myself in Bartimaeus' shoes, it's almost like an actor in a play. All right, so Jesus is going to say this, and then my response is, you know, I want to be able to see. And, yeah. But that's not the point. The point is Jesus is saying, Adam, yeah. this morning here, yeah. what do you want me to do for you? Right. He doesn't. I'm always struck by that passage in particular because he lets Bartimaeus say what he – and for Bartimaeus, it's sight. Maybe for you and me, it's a different kind of sight. But, you know, maybe it's something to do with my marriage or my workplace or this is what I want you to do. There's a kind of freedom of the spirit that Ignatius helps us to experience as Christians, which is God has something particular to say to me now. And um, he loves me, so of course he has something personal to say to me. How do we tie it up at the end of the day then? Mm. You know, because that's especially after a good day, just before bedtime is sometimes the best part of the day. You look back and you say, wow, today was just a really good day. And other days you're like, wow. I am so glad today is over. (laughs) Let's uh, just say night prayer and let's go to bed here and wake up tomorrow and start all over again. You know, the starting point for me, I always think about this famous French Catholic poet, Charles Peguy, who has this wonderful poem called Sleep. And he talks about how sleep is, it's the friend of God. It's the friend of man. Because it's the moment of the day when you and I have to go back to being like little children. We just hand everything back over to the Father, and he's got to take care of it for seven or eight hours, you know? So I like to think about the approach to bedtime as an approach toward childlikeness, which is the core of the Christian life. I actually had a few years ago, I was on vacation with some of my Jesuit brothers, and we had been out hiking all day. We were in Colorado, and um, we got back. It was late. And I was the last one to come into this big kind of dormitory area where we were um, all sleeping. And I noticed as I came up, one of my Jesuit brothers kneeling next to his bed like a little kid doing his prayer at the end of the day. And I thought, okay, that is an image that's going to stick with me forever. So what do we do at the end of our day? Be as childlike as possible. We're gathering up this whole day and we're handing it back over to the Father, who is the one who alone can make some sense of it and who can take care of it for us for seven or eight hours and prepares for uh, the next day. That's how I would approach the end of the day. Do it as childlike as possible. Let me just put one more thing out there because we haven't mentioned this, but um, thinking about how can laity live the spirituality of Ignatius, do yourself a favor and make an Ignatian-style retreat at some point. I mean, really, it's it's an extraordinary thing. There are a lot of places where you can do it. Here in the St. Louis area, you can go to the White House retreat. But go, enter into the world of scripture, the world of prayer, into silence, and let God speak to you personally. That's something that will feed the rest of your year, if you can make a deep, good retreat like that. We've been talking a lot about mental prayer on the show recently, and I think, you know, as Father said, it's an exercise. So if you want to hit the gym hardcore, 
the Ignatian retreat is the way to go. I mean, that that is the the intense training period. And if you get into silence, you're never going to want to come out again. I mean, it's like it is silence. The world of silence is the world of God where he has the permission to speak to me. And you just think, wow, okay, I've got to learn how to put myself in touch with that when I'm in the world of the noise and the busyness. All right. Well, Father, this has been wonderful. Could I ask you for a prayer or a blessing for our listeners as we Absolutely. wrap up? Absolutely. Let's pray. Almighty Father, you give us your great saints who are the ones who love you to show us the way to you in all these many different ways of approach. We ask that you would help us to enter into your world, the world of prayer. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Matthew Ball, the director of the Catholic Studies Center at St. Louis University. Father, you mentioned this at the beginning, but just really quick, if anyone wanted more information, where can they go? Um, You can go, just type into Google, Catholic Studies Center, St. Louis University. Come visit us at 38 Vandeventer Avenue, right on the edge of SLU's campus. Um, Particularly on a a Monday night, come down when we've got 150 students in there crammed into a tiny chapel built for many fewer than that. (laughs) (laughs) What a wonderful thing to be overflowing. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. A Prayer to Redeem Lost Time by St. Teresa of Avila. O my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen. St. Paul exhorts us to pray without ceasing, and I am always grateful to have a hand in knowing what to say, and turning to the prayers of the saints is such a great treasury for us as we endeavor to pray without ceasing. Here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Patty Schneier has been sharing wonderful prayers with us all week. Patty, how are we going to wrap up on this Friday? Today we are going to share the prayer at dawn by St. Gregory the Great, and here it is. I rise and pledge myself, Lord, that this day I shall do no evil deed, but offer every moment as a sacrifice to you. I blush when I remember my sinfulness. I shudder when I recall how I have betrayed you. Yet you know that now I want only to serve you. Make me this day your devoted servant. What a great way to start the day, to just pledge yourself to the Lord every day. Make a pledge that I want to offer every moment as a sacrifice to you, Lord, and that I want to be your devoted servant. So maybe make his words your own words, but I think it's a great way to start the day. And this is the Prayer at Dawn by St. Gregory. Again, all of these prayers this week can be found on the La Daute app. And I just hope that they have let you see the beauty of the treasure of our church, of so many things that have been handed down to us that can be gifts to us in our own life, and our own prayer life, when we read them, when we copy them, when we make them our own, bring them with us to our holy hour, and just be in the company of the saints as we pray. And what a treasury it truly is for us, Patty. Thank you for sharing these prayers with us this week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement.
Well, that is our show today. Thanks for spending your 7 o'clock hour with us. And uh, isn't it nice to have Mike Roberts back doing the weather? You don't have to rely on me giving you weather updates. But do be careful in the heat today and have a plan for that. Let's remember to pray for those who have no air conditioning, those who go uh, without shelter, who are perhaps living out in the heat. Um, Let's pray for their safety. Let's pray that they might find some relief from the heat as well. Um, as for Beth and I, well, I think I see the pool in our future again after work today, and uh, I look forward to that. I am going to be on vacation for the first part of next week. I'll be back with you one week today on Friday. Dan Vonderhaar is going to be with me, and uh, we'll see who else for a little Roadmap Roundup on the first Friday, and that's next Friday. Next week is first Friday and first Saturday. This, this week is just last Friday, last Saturday, but Uh, We'll we'll attend to those devotions next week. We'll worry about that. Then, in the meantime, we'll have Daily Mass for you in the 7 o'clock hour, Monday through Thursday of next week. Of course, if you're missing Roadmap to Heaven while I'm gone, you can always go to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast wherever you like to get your podcast or by visiting ourcatholicradio.org. And while you're there, you can check out some of the other great podcasts from Covenant Network. If you could do us a favor... It really helps when you click like, subscribe, share, follow, whatever it may be. And uh, don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well, Covenant Network Catholic Radio. You can follow us at Our Catholic Radio. We've got some great long-form interviews there, especially several with our good friend Father Wade Menezes. We've got a few with Father Kirby. And we've got some things coming down the pike on that that I'm really excited about, but I don't want to say too much just yet. We filmed them. We're working on them. And uh, hopefully we're going to have them to you soon. In the meantime, check out what's there already. Uh, by the way, August starts next month. As, as Father mentioned today, perhaps we're all taken aback. Uh, or, or was it yesterday? Father, Father Meyer on the show mentioned yesterday uh, school starts in less than a month. I'm not ready for that. So I'm going to go spend some time with my kids playing board games and walking the trails and whatever else is in store for us next week. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, once again... Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. And, uh, you know, whenever I travel for work or whatnot and I'm going to be away from the kids, I always, you know, give them a hug and a kiss on the head and say, here's for today, here's for tomorrow, here's for the next day. So I'm going to tell you this for the next five days that I'm not going to be able to say it. Pray your rosary today. Pray your rosary today. Pray your rosary today. Pray your rosary today. And pray your rosary today. Until next time, thanks for being with us. I'll miss you but we'll be back next week.